the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Royos was fatally shot about 9.15 p.m. on Monday in an unincorporated area. Portions of this program are pre-recorded. It's Eye on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. We're back. And you're listening to Eye on Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. I am joined every week by Ace Water Superb, our financial expert, and Stephen Ebert, our legal eagle. And we're talking about it again. You know, there's, I'm glad to have very different opinions because uh, that's what makes the world go round. So we were talking about if you were to list your house today, um, would you list it in, in U.S. dollars and in cyber currency? Would you accept cyber currency? Or do you, you know, there's so much talk about the blockchain and cyber currency and digital are we looking at down the road? And Stephen was giving us a, you know, just recap a little bit, Stephen, and then Ace is going to give you his point of view because they both differ a bit. Recap some of the, uh, the the things that you spoke about that might be a potential problem if you were to accept cyber currency. Yeah, so I think there are a couple of things. I think, number, I mean, and, and this is regardless of what one thinks about it, these are real sort of tax and legal obstacles that are there. Uh, number one, you know, whenever you invest in something, and it is an investment, right? You know, think about it this way. If you bought, you know, stock in Amazon, and you decide to sell your appreciated stock in Amazon to buy real estate, that's a capital gains event. And, and people need to understand when they're investing in any kind of cryptocurrency, then when they sell that cryptocurrency and convert it to dollars to do the transaction, or even if they don't buy dollars, let's say in the example that Ace gave, let's say you decide to buy pizza. Whatever coins you're converting over, that's a taxable event because you have an appreciated capital asset. And so, you know, I, I think people are gonna need to really be cognizant of this because um, there could be some real tax liabilities that people are not contemplating for. Um, well, if nothing else, Stephen, let me give you this. If nothing else, you should not do this without speaking. If you're a seller, you should not do this without speaking to somebody like Stephen, 
an attorney that specializes in real estate and knowing everything about it. It's not that it's good or bad. Now, Ace, you were saying something uh, a little, what is your feel on it? And again, everyone has different opinions and that's what makes the world go round. And I just have to say this. Let's learn to respect other people's opinions, even if we don't agree with them. The world has really gotten very sad in the sense that people, we're here because you can, the land of the free, you can have different opinions as long as you're not hurting someone. And when I see what goes on where people are alienated and they're afraid to even say their opinion because they're afraid someone's not going to go for it, really bugs me, okay? It's not the America that I grew up in. And let me tell you, whenever I go to a place and I don't know anyone, here's what I do. I love to get it going. I go, I'll bring up something very controversial that no one wants to bring up and get people's opinion because that's the beauty of living in this country. You're allowed to have opinions as long as you're not hurting someone. So now, Ace, getting back to cybercurrency, what is your opinion on that? Yes, Dottie. And and I appreciate uh, Stephen's feedback as well because I, I do agree a lot with Stephen. But the fact of the matter is, uh, cryptocurrency is not an alternative asset class anymore. It is an asset class, right? And there's huge adoption. Like, for example, the Open A's, which is a baseball team, they, they offer a six-person suite for the price of one Bitcoin. The Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban, who owns the Dallas Mavericks, he's really bullish on cryptocurrency. So not only will he allow Bitcoin payments, but you also get a discount on merchandising um, when you're paying that way. The Miami Dolphins, who's a, who is an NFL uh, team, is accepting both Bitcoin and Litecoin for their ticket prices. And Manhattan residents, Dottie, believe it or not, can use a local company called Block Party to buy concert tickets using Bitcoin. So what Stephen was mentioning is if you actually invest in Bitcoin and then sell Bitcoin, you have to pay on those capital gains. A lot of people, Dottie, are buying Bitcoin, not selling it, and using it as a payment form. And that's why you see so many athletes, so many entertainers now are opting on their contracts to be paid in so, what? In Bitcoin, right? So, okay. you know. so let me understand this, Ace. So what you're saying yeah. is if I buy Bitcoins, okay, and let's say I, they really appreciate it, I've made money on them. If I use my Bitcoins to pay something, like a bill or something, then... I'm not selling them. I'm not paying the, the, the gain you're not, on it. You're not That's selling them. You're using it as, as a fiscal currency, right? So let's just say you buy Bitcoin today. You believe it's going to go up, right? So it's an investment. Right. So you buy Bitcoin today, a, 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 a price of, let's say, a pack of gum. Let's just say it's fifty a dollar, for example, right? Bitcoin, you bought it at whatever whatever ratio it is. If it goes up, you're still paying the same amount for the gum, right? Because they're going to they're gonna look at your Bitcoin to see what the value is dollar for dollar on that dollar. But if Bitcoin continues to go up, you've already invested in an asset that continues to go up, but you're still paying monetary um, prices for ticket prices, gum, food, whatever that is, right? And that's why a lot of um, a lot of folks are going into this cryptocurrency space because there's a lot more vendors that are accepting crypto than the regular normal folks. Um, well, if you're not educated in this space, you won't know where to go to transfer those cryptocurrencies, you know? So, 
I, 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 I got to make this. a very. I guess what I, I got to clarify. Go, go. This I love not, a gotcha. Go go yeah, and this, and this is not. And this is not a, a dis- This is not even a point on whether it's good or bad to invest or people who are adopting it. But this is a very important tax point that I'm trying to make, which I feel a lot of the cryptocurrency companies, I'll use it loosely, are not stressing. There is a taxable event, and people are going to have issues, and maybe the federal government hasn't figured it out yet. But let me give you an example. And by comparison, if you invest $1,000 in Amazon stock, and it then is worth $10,000, and you sell that Amazon stock, you have a $9,000 capital gain. And if instead of me having to convert the Amazon stock to U.S. dollars, somebody said, no, 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 don't even give me the dollars. I'll take your Amazon stock as payment, which one could be allowed to do, right? There's still a capital gains event for the person who bought whatever the other asset is because you've now sold your appreciated Amazon stock. Same thing Wait, in real what estate, if, right? But Steven, what if you never sell? Well, what if what if you buy the Bitcoin, right? And you bought it for today for three thousand, for example. It goes all the way up to forty thousand. You never sell that Bitcoin, but you're able to actually use because an uh, uh, Amazon stock you can't use. You have to sell it in order to use it as right. dollars, right? But Bitcoin is a little bit different, where it's an investment class, but it's also a currency. So if I buy Bitcoin today at 3000 it goes up to 40000 but I use the Bitcoin incrementally to buy things because I know that I'm, I'm hedging against the dollar, right, and inflation. But if I never sell the Bitcoin and I'm just using it to purchase products, how, did, how does the government or anyone know what to tax if they never sold, if, if they never sell, if they just hold on that, to it? Does that make sense, Stephen? Yeah. See, that, that, that's, that's where we got to be very careful. When you're using it, you're selling it, right? And, that, and that's, I think, the key thing that, that the, the listener needs to understand. When I transfer Bitcoin to somebody else, I've sold it. You, sold, you could sell is, it for a slice of pizza. Mm-hmm. You could sell it for tickets to a basketball game. But you, you've transferred, right? You've moved Bitcoin out of your wallet, right, to someone else's digital wallet. Right. That's I the think transfer. I think you're right. I, I think you're right, Stephen. I'm going to get a, a tax expert to really come on the show because this is really great information. And it's so new that people really are not exactly familiar with the ways. But, but, I, think, I, but I, I hear I, what I, you're I, saying. Dottie, I think it's going to be hard because the whole point of cryptocurrency and the whole movement and adoption is because they don't want government intervention to be taxed, taxed, right? They want to be able to be free of decentralization and be able to, to barter with another individual without having that government sort of intervention. So it's going to be very interesting. I don't disagree with Stephen at all. The government will need to come in, but at, at what point, how, how will they monitor it? How will they, and they're trying to get their hands on it through Coinbase. But if you don't, but if you don't transact through Coinbase and you transact through a European platform and things of that nature, there's so many sort of, uh, it, it, this, this, this environment needs to be a lot more sophisticated well, for the government right. to get their hands on, on well, that, what, uh, what the policies will be, you and, know? And, That's why. So, Daddy, I, I, I agree with Ace completely on that point, right? There's definitely an enforcement issue. 
and the government is starting with what they call stable coins, you know, coins that Correct. are pegged to a dollar value. That that's where they're starting, but they're not going to finish there. I mean, at the end of the day, is this right? Everybody, yeah. whether you're private sector or government, if there is a source of revenue that you can go after, you're going to go after it. And at the end of the day, right now, it's a little bit of the Wild West, right? They're trying to figure it out. But, you know, no, make no mistake, th this will get regulated because it at will. a certain it point, well, let's say this. And, the government, and the government needs to figure out how to do it. And, and, and Ace's point is also correct. It's not going to be easy for them. It's decentralized. It's all over the place. But they're, they're spending a lot of resources exactly how to figure out. And there's different ways in which they can do that, right? And, they and, can. And Stephen, yeah, go yeah. ahead. I was just going to say, no, the, uh, the way the government mm -hmm. usually does it is they put it, they put the disclosure requirement on the party they can go after, right? They may not be able to go after the yep. individual who keeps their offshore account. But when you transact and buy that pizza, that company is somewhere, and that's who they're going to go after to put a reporting requirement on, right? You know, you, how, how do they know that the government, how much you get paid? Your employer issues you a 1099. They don't rely on the employee to say, here's how much I made, right? They're going to find somewhere in the process to say, that's the party we can really enforce um, reporting obligations on. And once they figure that out, and there are ways to do that, that's where you're going to see the regulation come. That's the point. And, of the and you know what, Stephen? You bring up a great point because this crypto um, currency, it stands a lot more than just um, monetary value, right? I think it, it's, it stands for a movement, meaning folks created crypto because they're like, you know what? We want to be on the blockchain. We don't want to be regulated by governments anymore. We don't want them to print money whenever they feel like they want to print money. And you, and I, I know this is a radio show, but, you know, I was one of those sort of skeptical uh, folks early on in 2008. But the more and more I learn about crypto and I indulge myself into that space, it's going to be very hard for the government to – I mean, I, I'm hearing crazy things as the government coming out with their own crypto. They They don't understand – the fact that people are are so bullish on crypto is because it has no ties to the government, right? And I think that's why I think there's huge adoption here from athletes to multi-billionaires who are bullish with this um, space is because, you know, for once we have the people sort of regulating the um, currency, right? And, and nobody can come in and affect and create more. There's scarcity, things of that nature. So I do, I do really, really agree with you, Stephen. This has to be re re regulated more. But I, I don't think it's going to be regulated to the way where the government feels they can regulate everything else, right? There's going to be a median. And I think it's great. It's a movement for the people. And I think, you know, it, it's really one of those things where, uh, the government will have to learn how to play in this space, not dictate the space. And I think that's where I think it's it's going to be very, very interesting how this really plays out because crypto didn't take off until there was massive adoption. Now you see all these institutional folks coming in and investing in crypto. And now you see that, hey, wow, it has two legs to stand on because in 10 years, Stephen and Dottie, every single um, company business will be accepting crypto, and now it's just a matter of how do you regulate it um, by the law, right? But it, it is something that's going to be the future. And if you're not 
educating yourself on this topic, you're going to be not left behind, but you know, you're, unfortunately it's going to be a, an asset class that most folks won't understand if you don't just, you know, educate yourself a little bit about what's going on, because there are tons of transactions that are happening right underneath our eyes. And, and it's, and it's with big institutions. I just mentioned Dallas Mavericks, Oakland A's, Miami Dolphins. These are not, you know, underground, you know, fly by night companies. These are major companies. Amazon is accepting crypto, right? So it, it, there's a lot of um, sort of progress. And I think, you know, I'd be really interested to hear from Stephen how the government will continue to try to regulate these type of fees because they're happening every single day, Toddy and Stephen, you know? It's well, interesting. I think, I think, I, I, think there's, I think there's a, I think I'm not, I think there's, look, there's a few different, oh, yeah, no, look, I, I think it's a, there's two parts to it. One, do I think there's something there and it's interesting? Absolutely. But let, let me make a general point. I'll give you just a couple of examples um, to Ace's point. When you have a sector, whatever it is, private or public, and they have a certain power and they control the rules, um, they're not going to give that up. When you ha- People are going, whenever there's a massive change, people are going to have an element of being left behind. And look at the internet by comparison, you know, forcing to have, let's say, free access, digital divide. There's a lot of voters who put in politicians who do certain things, right? Think about something like real estate, for example. Think about the fact that you had, because of the votes and how they lined up, we had an eviction moratorium, even though people would have said, where does government get the right to tell private landlords not to go after tenants who haven't been paying? So don't underestimate the power of the Leviathan to find a way to regulate. But there's a lot of ways. For example, you need huge energy to support the metaverse and these transactions in mining. All they have to do is contact the public utilities in each state and look, right, we have a residential rate and we have a commercial rate. Anyone who's engaging in mining activity because it's bad for the environment, you're using a lot of energy, pick your public policy reason, right? you're going to be paying electricity at a different rate. Right. Well, yeah, you know what I think? I, I, I think There's so many different ways they can yeah. attack it. I think this is an ongoing subject. And let, let me say this. I think, Ace, you might have just said this. Um, one of the things that all three of us enjoy and, and love to do for our, our, our listeners is really keep them updated on what's going on. And, you know, crypto, you've been hearing about it for maybe the last, I don't know, six or seven years um, and it's growing, and no one's telling anyone to do anything, but we are telling you that this, you know, however it ends up, it is going to be part of our future. And what happens to that I watch people who are very smart, but they get old in the mind because they're, they're not used to something that's new and they're set in their ways. And I'm not telling anyone, we don't advocate which investments to buy or not to buy or what but we are think we are telling you it's in our lives and you should it's it's not something you can read in 5 minutes and get it and that that people should start to start getting their hands around it to understand it whether they use it or not whether they buy it or not or whether they ever sell a house and take cryptocurrency that's a whole different story uh, but they should be aware of it you know i remember when i first started doing this show 
and a woman called me and said, I just got divorced and I had a decent settlement, but I never wrote a check in my life. I'm lost. You never want to be lost. You want to go to the experts, but have a general understanding. By the way, the show is five minutes earlier today, so uh, it'll be ending at 11.55. We'll be right back right after we take a quick commercial break. Orange basketball goes for the season sweep of Florida State Saturday in the Dome. Hi, I'm Matt Park. Join us for Orange pregame Saturday, 2.30. The Orange and Seminoles at 3 on AM 970, The Answer. New York's home for Syracuse University basketball. Are you struggling with back, neck, shoulder, hip, knee pain? Whether from general muscle aches and pain or just dealing with the people on the left. If that sounds like you, I suggest you order the Relief Factor 3-week quick start. It is still discounted to only $19.95. That is $19.95. Less than a dollar a day to see if we can get you out of pain. And then after that, well, we're talking about less than the cost of a cup of coffee a day for you to stay out of pain. Over 70% of those who order the three-week quick start go on to order more. Give your body the relief it needs to heal itself. It is still discounted to only $19.95. ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com, or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com, call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. Hi folks, this is Jerry Crowley, General Manager at Salem Media Group in New York. I want to tell you about a terrific opportunity we have for two people to join us, one to sell digital advertising and the other to sell radio advertising at the radio station. Please drop me a note at jerry.crowley at salem.cc if you're interested or you know someone who might be interested in joining us. jerry.crowley at salem.cc. Thank you very much. Want to listen to AM 970 The Answer on the go? There's an app for that. Download our free smartphone app so you can listen to all your favorite shows, keep up with us on social media, enter contests, win prizes, and even interact with our hosts all in one place. Just search AM 970 The Answer in the iPhone App Store or the Google Play Store for the Android. Again, search AM 970 The Answer and download our smartphone app today. That way, you can take us wherever you go. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Aired by the New York State Broadcasters Association and this station. Want more? AM 970 The Answer? Go to am970theanswer.com to listen live. Tune in to podcasts from the shows you missed anytime you want. Learn more about our advertisers. Join the AM 970 Fan Club and sign up for events. am970theanswer.com It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. We're back, and remember, our show is abbreviated by about five minutes today. 
Uh, again, as I said, besides for current real estate news, we like to uh, give you some of the trends that we see coming out in the future so that you can start to get your arms around it and start to kind of read up on it a little bit. Uh, again, we don't give financial advice over uh, the radio because to give financial advice or legal advice or, you know, or we, we, you, it's very individual, so it really depends on the person, you know. So we're just giving you general things to look at. But we do believe cybercurrency and the metaverse, which is a whole other subject, which I'm finding a hard time getting my arms around. Like, oh, gee, that digital picture. The guy sold it for $2,000. Like, what am I going to do with it? I can't hang it in my house. A lot. There's, a, there's so much going on. And, um, you know, um, I want you to know that if you uh, follow, if you, if you want to, I'm doing, I do a week, I'm doing a monthly newsletter now. So if you want to receive it, you just have to go on www.dottieherman.com. And I'm trying to give you some current real estate news and some of the trends that we start that we're starting to see so that you can get familiar with them. Because I think this pandemic, a lot of people had a lot of time. And I think we're in a, you know, I think these are trends that were definitely already in the works. I don't think that they caused definitely new trends. They were in the works, but they're really coming to light now. And so I'm looking at, I don't know if I could ever say post pandemic because I don't, I think we're always going to be living with this. So that's the latest uh, version of this uh, virus that I'm getting, that we're just going to live with it like the flu. But we'll see. But we're, we're seeing. But please don't let your guard sound too much. Stay safe because, you know, I'm hoping that the experts are saying that we're going to probably start to see the numbers come down as far as the virus in February. So I'm hoping that they're correct. But who knows? Remember. When people forecast the future, only God knows the future. They just take past things and they kind of look at past data and they kind of get a feel for that and then they make forecasts. So uh, these subjects are great subjects to start to learn about and talk about it. And whether you use them, buy them, don't, uh, you don't want to be lost in in a conversation where you have no idea what someone's talking about. And, uh, it's getting big. So crypto remote work is here to stay. People are kind of saying, gee, you know, I like that option of maybe only going to work four days a week and working one day from home or, you know, maybe working three days a week and one day. You know, people want to have interaction. But now how does that affect the housing market? How does that affect? what your home when you sell home how does that affect the appeal do people want a room that they can make a private office um you know do people looking for that extra space will people will people drive further to areas that were really far out of their reach but if they don't have to be at work so much maybe those areas will go up a lot more a lot of these trends will drive things that we uh, do every day. So what's your read on, on, on what, what do you see post-pandemic? Well, I don't, I don't want to say post-pandemic. What do you see in, in our, our, our industry as far as the real estate, uh, which I think has become more important than ever? It's always been the American dream, but I think the pandemic took it to a, 
different items. What are you guys seeing, in, you know, as you look around, uh, whether it's real estate or trends that you are starting to see that you think are, are here to stay? Just curious. Yeah, why don't you go first? All right, Stephen. Um, I, I do think it's going to change the way uh, we work, Dottie. I think uh, remote um, sort of productivity and efficiencies have been built in place. And it's, it's different when something happens like 9-11 for a couple of months. And the difference here is that we've been living through this for two years now. So companies yeah. have invested tremendously in technology. I think you're going to see a lot more productivity. And as it, as it pertains to real estate, I think there's two sectors, right? There's the residential real estate factor and the commercial real estate factor. I think commercial, uh, they'll have to really think about creative ways to get their tenants back in, uh, which are the larger institutions, companies that used to have these massive um, campuses such as Salesforce, Google, Facebook. A lot of these companies already gave back their leases, right? Um, and, you know, companies like WeWork, who used to strive and now is suffering tremendously because of this, because there is no office space rentals going on. How are they going to recreate and um, have a resurgence in that space? But I think as it pertains to residential, it's going to continue to strive, Dottie. I think more and more the pandemic actually made us realize how important our homes are. So everything to the supply chain, to buying a home, to the furniture, office space, things of that nature are all going to continue to to um, skyrocket. And I think um, people are now realizing that, hey, I don't need that mega mansion, but I also don't need um, a 300 square feet um, apartment either, right? So there's like, there's that sort of emotional state where you want to have, and, and look, right now on the bank side, we are seeing record-breaking numbers on second homes, Dottie. And, um, but I've been telling you that. You've I've been, been telling us that, Dottie. You've been talking about that on the radio for quite some time, right? And we're seeing the effects of the pandemic really, really affect the second home market because, I mean, I, I hear of cities that I've never heard of literally sold out. Their whole inventory is sold out, right? And it's amazing to watch, and it's amazing to see how, you know, the pandemic has really brought people closer but also have really changed their thought process in terms of quality of life. That's something that I think companies will have to change their tune and their motto. And it's got to be more about, about the quality and less about work, 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 right? So there's that work-life balance that a lot of companies need to kind of toe the line on in terms of really how do we push our team members to be productive, but also at the same time make it enjoyable and make it about culture and make it about, you know, something more than just the work environment. So that's, that's my take on it, guys. Well, I, I, I think, you know, and I, th I do think that the housing market has strengthened during the pandemic. And as people started working from home, it put additional living space at premiums. And we had steady job growth, stock market at all times highs. And I think people now are looking at different options. One of the things, if you're selling your home, and, 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 and you know, we will get back to some of the basics, uh, is that you're wiring. I mean, you need to make sure that your home has Internet access and that, you know, that people can communicate, whether it be on Zoom or through their Internet, because that is very important. Matter of fact, I think I was reading that the Airbnbs now, besides for rating however the place is, 
they put that strong internet access week because the people are going to work from home more then they need to have that extra space or that little part that's petitioned where they can work in silence uh, and they can have and they need strong internet access so those are all things that are changing um, so and by the way so I said so you can follow us or follow ace and, and remember we have a Facebook page which is called I on real estate and uh, and you can follow me on Twitter Instagram or Facebook as Daddy Herman and I will be you know I, I started with my newsletters coming out and again one of the things that I think I, I just I just texted somebody on social media who commented me on something I said and I said something to the effect that the day we stop learning is the day we should get out of the deal. And I don't care if you're 12 or you're 5 or you're 90. Okay? You should never feel like you know everything because nobody knows everything. And if you meet someone who thinks they know everything, I would certainly stay away from them and never follow their advice. Okay? Because no one knows everything. And one of the things that I find that all three, Stephen, myself, and, and, and Ace do, is we generally know the industry, but we will always tell you to go to the experts for the individual. So you're not going to come to me for accounting when you need your uh, taxes done. And certainly, you're not going to come for legal advice. But I will always point you to use an expert. I, I always say this about attorneys, when people try to use some friend of theirs or some us, maybe their son-in-law who's a divorce attorney. No, it makes sense to use a professional who is an expert in the area, okay? And then putting that team like we have that works together well, if there's any, 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 anything that I'm sure of, is that when you put a good team together uh, of people that are experts in different in different fields, you have the best shot of really doing a good deal and not falling and making mistakes that people that can cost them a lot of money uh, because they're just not informed. And there's so much to know today that I don't know how, you know, it's really important. There's so much information, and it's at our our. our you know, our hands, we, we can get a hold of it, that it's almost impossible to know everything. So I, I'm very grateful for the team that we have. Um, and as I said, the world is changing. And these are things that crypto and which we'll talk a little about the megaverse, I really going to think are going to be in our lives going forward. I don't think they're going away. But the basics of buying and selling are the same. Okay. Uh, they don't change that much in the sense that we're in, a, we're in a competitive market, meaning that we have more demand than supply. So when you're making an offer, if you're a buyer, please call a base, make sure you have your ducks in order, you know what you can afford, that you have a pre-approval, and that you can make a strong offer. And yes, could you try to lowball? Yeah, you can offer anything. No one stops you. Uh, but pretty much in a competitive market, you want to be, you want to, you want to put an offer in that, you know, is somewhere in the ballpark of reality. 
By the way, someone asked me that question. They said, Dottie, my broker told me that the offer was too low and, I, and, the, and, the, and the buyer and the seller doesn't want to even hear it. Let me tell you something, and this I say to the brokers and I'm saying to the uh, buyers. A seller might tell you, Dottie, I don't want to hear anything under a million dollars. I don't even want to listen to it. But at the same token, I never, I, I know the law, and by the law, I say, look, if someone offered a dollar for your home, I would still tell you about it. Obviously, you're going to refuse it, but I would still make you aware of it. And I will tell you all that no matter what your offer is, the buyer, the seller should be aware of it. The broker should tell them that. And as brokers, even if you think it's a ridiculous offer that they're not going to take, because you don't want them to say a year later, oh, by the way, if I knew that that offer existed, I might have taken it. So all offers should be presented, okay, um, and you want to make your offer as strong as possible. So you want to show that you have a pre-approval and that you're qualified for a mortgage. Obviously, if you have all cash, a lot of people take the cash, buy it, and then do something mortgage-wise later. Uh, but make your broker as strong as possible and do your own homework. Like I said, if you're a seller, go see open houses, go see some of the things in your area or go online. Virtual tours are great now. You can really get the field house and see what they're selling for and see what they're closing at. And if you're a buyer, hey, you can eliminate. You don't have to see as many properties because you can eliminate some of them. Um, I think we're in a, in, a, in, a, in a great time and I think we're in a kind of evolving time. I don't I don't even know how to explain it. Um, I always look at you, Ace, and I'm like, what are you working on? I mean, you you always seem to be ahead of the curve. Um, what are you seeing? And, 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 and Stephen, what are you seeing in the next five or six years, ten years? All right, Stephen, I, I, I you think go talking about, Okay, I'll, I'll go first on this one since you got first last time. I think, look, we're, we're, I think we're at, and I think the concept of the metaverse and the cryptocurrency we're talking about is part of a broader theme, is that every so often, you know, humanity is at a critical inflection point, right? We had an element of this, you know, how we do business differently, you know, with email. I mean, people, uh, you know, I saw a very funny stats since, you know, the NFL playoffs are this weekend where they're saying that the Cincinnati Bagel, Bengals, excuse me, which hasn't made the playoffs in quite some time, somebody made a comment. No one ever sent a text message saying that the Bengals are in the playoffs because the first text message was in 1992, and the last time they made the playoffs was 1991. And, you know, it's interesting. You, you have these moments where you realize, ah, texting, so passe. You have all these innovations that are happening, and what's happening with that is people are – redefining their relationships with space and what they're looking for. And it's going to constantly change. You know, right? How we look for having a, a space to display, let's say, our artwork, if we are going to have more digital artwork, well, maybe we don't need quite the same wall space because we can have a screen that's rotating the artwork, right? How we define what we need for even energy to real estate, right? You know, we know the the, the old story, you know, make sure when you buy a property, you don't overload a circuit breaker, right? You can only, you don't want to run a, va a vacuum with a, you know, dryer and 
you know, a microwave on the same circuit breaker because it's going to flip and turn off, right? So people are going to constantly evolve and think about what they want out of space and needs and relationships and, and, and back and forth. You know, I think we, the jury is not fully out on the commercial sector. I, we've constantly evolved space. And I would say a very good example of that is what we did when Ed Koch was mayor and New York City had a lot of warehouse space that really was obsolete and it was turned into artist lofts and it was really turned into new residential and things have gone back and forth and what's going to end up happening is again we're going to continue to evolve in what we're looking for space how we have that divide between our workspace and our living space our home space and what we want out of that space and i think also as part of which we're not talking enough about is also the role of agriculture Right. As we see distribution lines handled differently, um, having localized agriculture um, also will be a factor in it. So um, I think there's a lot of opportunity there and a lot of imagination that we're going to see happening um, very soon. And people certainly have had time to think, Ace, what's your take on what are you seeing? What are you seeing trend trend wise? Yeah, I, I, you know, I agree with Stephen. I, I think we're going to see a lot of um, just evolution, right? I think as we look at our, 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 I guess our world as a whole, Dottie, there's global warming, uh, definitely, that's going on in today's environment. I, I don't remember the last time I was, I was actually able to walk in December or January, even on New Year's Eve. Um, I actually walked over to watch the ball drop. And it was literally 60-something degrees. I, I didn't even need a jacket, right? And I think as it pertains to real estate, we're going to see a lot more solar panels being used on people's homes. And uh, that's something that, that I'm really bullish on, uh, Dottie. There's a couple of Canadian solar panel energy companies that I'm working with now uh, to really figure out how do we get these solar panels to, to builders and how do we actually save uh, folks' costs when owning a home by not paying um, much electricity, but also saving the environment as well. I think there's a lot of that going on in today's world and, and really just incorporating into real estate and things of that nature. So, look, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be changing within the next four to five years. I, I just feel like there's a huge um, sort of global shift towards humanity and what we need to do together to really not only provide the best homes for people, but also provide a, um, a safe haven for our children and our, our children's children, right? So I think that's going to be a huge push in the next four to five years, which is a lot having to do with the global sort of um, state that we're in, you know, whether it's global warming, whether it's, you know, gas resources, things of that nature going electric, electric cars are, I think, um, autonomous driving, I think, will be huge. I'm going into the near future that I'm a part of discussions um, on uh, during our masterminds where we talk about literally, you know, the elimination of people actually driving and how is that going to affect um, the mobility and, and things of that nature within our, um, you know, major cities, right? So it's just things that we, that we discussed that could happen, may not happen, but we're, we're, we're talking about them, Dottie, which is healthy, you know, so... Yeah, I love people like that, and I love people that we can talk to about, because I, I tend to find that some people just get stuck. And, you know, people like to be, in many ways, around people that are like them and think like them. And one of the wonderful things about living, I think, in New York City, 
which I grew up on Long Island. So, you know, I went there when I was going out to clubs and stuff when I was younger. But I didn't grow up there. But when I actually lived there, I realized that you learn so much from being around people who are not like you. Okay? Because everybody, you know, people tend to live with people who are like them. And New York City is a vertical city. And you have every language, every walk of life. I mean, nothing shocks anybody there, okay? I mean, you could walk around nude, it wouldn't shock anybody. Uh, and so you learn different cultures and you learn different, it's just from being around different people. And so I, I think it's, it's, it's growing. And I think that people are growing. And what they wanted 25 years ago are a little bit different today. We're going to talk a little next week, besides the keeping you up on real estate, on trends and decorating and colors and want to get to some of those things out of the way. Uh, but listen, I love doing the show. So does Ace and, and Steven, and I thank you. For, and I thank them also for giving up their time for you. We love our audience. Keep those coming, those questions coming. And... Uh, We'll be back next week. Have a great weekend. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.